Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Absolute Sports Betting Degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and he is back. I may have to bump the honorary title and just call him D-Gen. What's going on, Rich? Hey, Arch, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. How are you doing? I know you're playing injured. Yeah, a little bit of a headache. Suffered from migraines and stuff like that my whole life, so I had to fight through one this morning, and and here I am ready to uh, hopefully... Uh, fight uh, for some winners for the folks uh, this weekend with three big Kentucky Derby qualifying races. Oh, man, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. What do you got for us? What's first up? Well, first up, uh, there's the Gotham Stakes at Aqueduct. It's, uh, it's race 10. Race you know, 10. It's a Batman race named <laughs> after the city of Gotham, otherwise New York City. Gotcha. And uh, it, you're going to have horses running one mile on Aqueduct's main track. With the winner getting 50 points towards their Kentucky Derby uh, qualifying points. And uh, as we mentioned before, uh, if you get over about 35, it pretty much guarantees that you're going to get uh, and a ticket into the Kentucky Derby. So the winner of that race, for sure, will be in the Kentucky Derby this year. And uh, the horse that finishes second is going to get 20 points. And, and sometimes that's been enough to get in as well. So... By the end of uh, Saturday, by the time we unfortunately move our clocks forward and lose an hour of sleep, and maybe as much as a quarter of the Kentucky Derby field for this year will already be filled in. Wow, that's crazy. That's awesome. All right, so who are we looking at? Race ten. What are we? What's jumping out? So, at Aqueduct, one of the things that you have to be is fast. Mm-hmm. Looking at they had about two hundred, almost two hundred races at the current meet at the one mile distance is what they'll be running. And the horse that's won the race to the quarter-mile marker has also won the race one out of four times, about 25% of the time. Okay. If your horse is in the top three at that quarter pole, roughly six and ten of those horses, one of those horses is likely to hit the, the finish wire first as well. 
So after doing our review, what we've come up with is um, mischievous Alex. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I've ever met a guy named Alex that didn't have a little bit of uh, mischievous in him. How about you? No, no, no. And the girls that are named Alex, that, that's a pretty hot name usually. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true as well. <laughs> so we're looking at uh, the, uh, well, this is a, a boy's race, so we'll go with the boy Alex. Okay. Um, he's uh, coming into the race on a two-win, uh, two-race win, win streak, and neither one of them have been very close at all. He smoked the competition, so we're expecting him to get out of the gate. He'll probably rate more than he'll be up on the front of the pack, um, so he'll probably let the speed horses go out and set the pace and then just sit a little bit off their tails mm-hmm. and then from there decide to take off. In his last race, he raced in the grade three swale at Gulfstream Park in Florida. So they're flying him up north to run in a little bit outside of New York City. He won that race by seven lengths despite being bumped and then having to kind of move around a little bit to find his place on the track. And then he ran away from the field winning by seven. The jockey didn't even ask him to run more. So I suspect that he has a lot more left in him. Mm Mm-hmm. And as such, you know, if he can be up on or near the lead early on, as they turn from home, uh, he should be able to hope, uh, should be able to perhaps draw clear of the field. Yeah. Question for you on mischievous Alex, John service. Mm-hmm. This isn't Jason's service. This is John service relation or is yeah, it? Just... I, I think they're brothers, but I'm not 100% oh, sure okay. about how that uh, family tree goes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I have to get in touch with him and see. Yeah. Yeah, no, but he, he's been a pretty good um, – I've noticed his numbers too. And uh, it could be maybe a son either because a lot of times there's father and sons. That's kind of one of those businesses that I've seen many times get handed down uh, mm. through the family. Yeah. So it's kind of a specialty, right? I mean, how, how many horse trainers have you ever met? I think I've met two in my life. Yeah, I've met none. None. Yeah, it's a kind of specialty business. Probably pretty fun business, I would guess, because uh, especially if you get to go to the big shows like the Kentucky Derby and stuff. But – a great majority of them just toil at the track, I guess, because of the love of the sport. Hmm. Oh, and Chris is buying your your vacation house. He could probably get you a horse too, right? You can start training. <laughs> well, my daughter's always wanted a horse, so she settled for a dog finally after 18 years of asking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're looking at Mischievous Alex. Anybody else jumping out at you? Mm-hmm. So I, I think there's a possibility of a little bit of a long shot, uh, just because it's a little bit of an unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, the horse that's breaking from the house next door at the seven post, his name is Sixto, mm-hmm. and he's only run once. He broke his maiden in his last race on January 30th. And what I'm looking at, and this is something that when you're handicapping races that we haven't talked about before, but okay. that I like to see in um, in the past performance line. He uh, he came out. He in his debut, he was running third, about two lengths behind the leader. So he's just kind of you know biding his time watching how the race developed in front of them. And then when they hit the stretch, he was third, two lengths behind. And then he just, the jockey asked him, okay, I'm going to put my heels into you now and let's see what you got. Put his heels into the horse, gave him a yard, shook the rein. And in the final 16th, he went from two lengths behind to winning by one and three quarters lengths. I, I, I dubbed that a power move. And I, I like to see those horses that make those power moves late in the race. Usually they'll do it coming out of the turn and that's kind of when you want to see him make it in this case he did it in the final 16th um in the straightaway but nonetheless that should serve him well because that race was at six furlongs 
and the race to Gotham to, to uh, Saturday is a mile. So mm-hmm. it's it's a two furlongs longer, which based upon that power move shouldn't be an issue for that horse. Nope. And mm-hmm. he's eight he's eight to one. Yeah. And if he comes out and runs really well in this race, you know, eight to one might look like uh, a gift. Um, might be the last time if he runs well again that you see eight to one on that horse. Nice. Okay. So, and we're wrapping up the trifecta with a horse by the name of Mon Talk Traffic. Oh yeah, Linda she's Rice's a, horse. I see that. Yeah. Yeah, she's a pretty good trainer up there in New York. She's uh, you know, she's not as well known across the country like the Bob Bafferts or the Jason Services or the Steve Asmussen's and so forth, but she certainly made her mark in New York and wins her fair share of races, as you can see from her line. Yeah. So far on the year, she's won 21% of her races. And, you know, and anything above, really, you're looking at trainers, I, I, anything above 13 14% is the mark of high-quality trainer. And in this case, um, the horse is on a two-race winning streak. Came out at Laurel and lost his first race by 48 lengths in the slop. Some horses just don't like mud, don't like grass, whatever reason. Um, and, and typically, I'm not a big fan of horses coming from what I call, and, and this is not a slight in any way, shape, or form, but tier two tracks like Laurel or Parks or Remington Park or, you know, none of the big name tracks like you have in Santa Anita or Belmont or Aqueduct or Gulfstream. You know, those are the major league parks. Mm-hmm. You know, Laurel and those, they're great tracks, but they don't attract the same quality of horses usually that you'll see at the at the big circuit tracks. So he went from Laurel, bombing on the slop, to going to Aqueduct, which is a good track, and since he's won both races. So uh, one thing I noticed in here, too, again, this, this is something I come back to pretty regularly when we talk. If you look at his line, you'll see um, he was run seven furlongs all three times. But in the last race, he, um, he ran the first quarter, in a little bit more than 23 seconds, mm-hmm. the race before that, it was 24 seconds. He ran the half mile in a little bit more than 46 and three. The previous race was 48 and four. Six for a long time, 112 and one. And the race before that, 114 and two. So you see the trend here. And he finished at 125 and three, and he won the previous race at 127. So you see that he improved big time in his most recent race. And that's usually an indication when you're looking at a, a horse that's getting into shape. So if you think about it in terms of us, you get on that treadmill and you put it on, okay, I'm going to try to run 10 minute mile and, 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 and you're choking like you just started smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Um, and this could then, you know, a couple months later, you're able to put that 10 minute mile in. This is a pretty good sign that the horse is able to put his 10 minute mile in and he's getting in good shape. So I like those three horses nice. in my trifecta. Yeah. And the horse that we're going to throw in there is Warstopper. Um, he's one that hasn't raced too well, finally got a good break. He started his career, I think, uh, the three horse on turf. And then, uh, yes, first two races were on turf. Mm-hmm. Then he tried the dirt, and he was a long shot in every race. All of a sudden, he comes out to the track. He's not a long shot any longer. And he wires the field by four lengths in his first clean trip on dirt. So it's a little bit of a wild card there. Is he the horse that couldn't, uh, you know, that, that was kind of smelling the daisies as he was running around the tracks, maybe looking for some oats? 
Or is he the guy that ran out and beat everybody by four in his maiden uh, victory? So if he runs that race, he'll be a contender. If he runs any of his other previous three races, then uh, you, you might be looking for him on the screen for a little bit before he gets to the finish line. I like it. Yeah, I like it, man. Cool. All right. All right. Where so else then we we're going to fly yeah. a little bit south to Tampa. Okay. To the Tampa Bay Derby. They couldn't think of anything better to name it, I guess. What race is that? What number is that? The Tampa Bay Derby is um, race number 11. 11. Okay. On the card. Yeah, yeah. it is. Got so, it. Mm-hmm. So in this race, um, we're looking at the Tampa Bay Derby. Excuse me for a moment. Uh, we're looking at the horses running. Let me pull the race up. I'm sorry, Arch. My computer is not working as fast as I wanted to today. Let's I think see. it's just me that's not working as fast as I wanted to today. <laughs> Every day, They're Rich. Running Every day. That's me. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes when you get these headaches, man, you, you, you kind of forget where you are. It's Rich and his CTE, too many head hits as a kid, I guess. <laughs> I blame my mom. <laughs> if you had stayed in line, she wouldn't have had to hit you in the head so many times to whack you. That's right. If I had actually behaved, you know, I did something other than C's in my classroom. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a student would see grades. Beautiful. Yeah. The um, if you remember last week uh, in the Fountain of Youth, one of our uh, picks was Chancet. Right. And you know, he scratched out of the race, and he um, he's now entered into this Tampa Bay uh, Tampa Bay Derby. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, our pick to win. You know, he's one of our picks to click last week. A little bit of a rewind for us last week um, at the Fountain of Youth. Our favorite Dennis's moment had a moment, a senior moment it looked like, not a racing moment. Came out of the gate okay, but then uh, he struggled uh, once they got onto the track and started racing. He didn't get to the front like he you know, typically wants to be or close to the front. And then just as other horses were passing him, I guess he got discouraged and decided to back up. And instead of finishing first, he finished absolutely last. So um, his probably Kentucky Derby hopes got dashed there unless he you know, rebounds and does well next time around. But the good news is every other horse we talked about at Indian won the race. Oh, yeah. Aiden Tycoon, the long shot, finished second and paid $16.40 for place money. And as seen on TV, finished the trifecta. And uh, that trifecta, you know, paid a little bit of less than 400 bucks for $2. So yeah. it all worked out well for the people who boxed it. Hopefully eh, some of the, the listeners took the, uh, the box approach and cashed in. Oh, I know some of them did. Yeah, they were messaging me. They were uh, praising you. They were praising you, Rich. I don't ever get that. You know, you know, I, I'm profitable in the NBA all season. I don't, I don't get that, Rich. You get the love. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. But, you know, my experience has always been, you know, I was a stockbroker for a long time. Yeah. Whenever people made money, they took credit for it. And uh, whenever they lost money, by damn it, I was the stupidest person that ever lived. <laughs> yeah. You're a genius or a moron. There's nothing in between. Yes, absolutely no area in between. Yeah. So, anyway, back to Tampa, where uh, hopefully they have some nice weather down there. It's uh, certainly better than this part of the country, where we're, we're, we're vacillating between 60 degrees and 6 degrees. So it's, uh, you know, you, it's, it's kind of kind of like picking, uh, picking, making bets, right? Yeah. Either good or bad. Right, right. So we do like chances to, uh, to, cool. to scratch out of um, – the Gulfstream race flew a bit, a little bit north to run in Tampa, and that horse, as we mentioned last time, he's ahead away from being on a five-race win streak. 
and he's fared pretty well at the distance in a mile and a sixteenth. The only time he ran a mile and a sixteenth, uh, he won that race going away by seven and a quarter length. <laughs> you know, and maybe looking at the field, they assessed that they couldn't beat Tennessee's moment, and as a result, decided to come over to the Tampa Bay um, race instead. Maybe in hindsight, they wish they would have stuck it out, but you know, such it is, right? To gamble, and yeah, the whole thing is right. <laughs> When you look at this case, Joseph, um, Safi Joseph Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't enter a lot into the greatest stakes company, um, which is the highest level of racing. So he's put 20 horses in, but he's won at 30%. So six out of the 20 horses he's put into the higher level races have found their way into the winner's circle uh, for a photo shoot. So I would expect that you know he spots his horse as well as the numbers show. And I, I, that's who we have on top, Chance it. Had a chance last week, scratched out. We've seen him um, most likely getting to the tape first, getting a you know, $50 bill uh, to his Kentucky Derby points, stamping his ticket for Churchill Downs. Hmm. We see him getting some competition from the number two horse, Spot City. Hmm. 10 to 1, right? Yeah. 10 to 1, yeah. You know, we're looking at some shots. And with these races, as we saw last week, and we see throughout the entire – last year was the same, too. Mm-hmm. But throughout the entire Kentucky Derby Trail, you know, it looks like one horse or two or three are going to emerge as the stars and the names that you're going to be watching uh, for the for the Derby on that first Saturday of May. And throughout the whole thing, it's kind of like college basketball this year. Just when you think you have a handle on it, uh, the teams that are at the top tumble and, you know, and, and teams like – Dayton that you've never, you know, they made one run in a tournament in 40 years, all of a sudden are, are considered for top seeds. So Kentucky Derby trails a lot like that. Yeah. At least yeah. this year and last year. Uh, so here we have a little bit of a long shot in Spa City. The horse has run three times. Couldn't break his maiden, but finally last time out did break his maiden and did so in a pretty good, pretty good um, deep field with 10 horses. Of the lead, and again, Tampa is one of those races, uh, one of those tracks in a mile and a 16th where you want to be close to the front. 81% of the winners have been in, in what would be speed, so typically the top three places when they hit the quarter pole. Uh, this horse ran second and then first by the time they hit the half mile. So I would expect to be close to the front of the, uh, close to the, front of the pack. And then uh, if he can hold it, uh, he should be able to be very competitive uh, down the stretch as he tied for the last, um, the highest speed figure in his last race. And he did so with some pretty good fractions. So it wasn't one of those cheap wins where he was running against horses that really didn't push him. So that's one of the horses that we like. Uh, stepping down to the third place, our, our, our third choice is market analysis. And I don't know if you're watching the stock market these days, but <laughs> anybody who's good at that probably uh, doesn't need to do any horse racing when they're jumping up and down a thousand points a day. Yeah. Yeah. I just gave up. I'm not paying attention anymore. I'll check back in on my, my investments later. I'll just look at it then. In 2021, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <sighs> so he um, also came off the benchmark and analysis for Todd Fletcher. It's probably a name that even uh, some casual horse racing people mm-hmm. are familiar with as a trainer. And, he was the favorite going into the race. And sometimes, you know, great trainers, it's not necessarily a reflection of the horse. A lot of times in maiden races, people are going to bet the trainers a little more than they might in other races where the horse doesn't have a history. Mm-hmm. But he was the favorite. And at about uh, six to five, maybe, he came out and ran a really strong buyer speed number for a first-time runner. 
94. And then he ran close to the league third, then second, then first by two. But then he kind of faded off a little bit at the end, only winning by three-quarters of a length, which is a little bit of a negative for me. But most horses, at least the high-quality horses, they tend to take a real big step up in their second race if they are a quality horse. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking for here is for market analysis to take a big step up. And if he does so, you know, he has a real good chance to threaten a triple-digit speed number. If he hits 100-plus, you know, that's going to put him in contention for the win and establish himself, much like we talked about Sixto and Gotham, as a horse at 8-1 to one that's kind of an unknown against a good field where if he puts in a good race, push himself to the front of the line, or at least in conversation mm-hmm. as a horse to consider during the Derby if he makes a big improvement in round two. And then uh, because this is a competitive race, and um, as a result, uh, we're going to put four horses on our screen, and we have the favorite at two to one, the seven horse, Sol Volante, mm-hmm. as our fourth pick. Now he's won um, three out of his four starts, two of which his first two were on turf. The last two were on dirt, and his last race was at Tampa at a mile and a 16th. I might rank him a little bit higher, um, but as we mentioned at the start, it's a speed track, and this is a horse that clearly likes to come from the back of the pack. In his four starts, the closest he's been to the front was uh, at the first call was sixth. Or next week, well, six by eight and a half lengths. His last race, he was fifth by 15. So he doesn't come out of the gate sharply. Mm-hmm. And when you're trailing, you know, a field that's 12 horses deep, you can run into traffic, horses that are backing up. There's so many things that could go wrong relative to the horses that are at the front that kind of control their own destiny if they have the legs to get from the front, uh, you know, from the, from yeah. the start to the end. Yeah. So if he was a little bit more of a front runner or on a deeper track where, where closers, you know, had a better opportunity to win, he would be higher up our rankings. But coming way off the back like that, I'm always concerned that a horse is going to run into trouble. He could win. I just think he's going to have horses in front of him that are a little bit faster that have enough legs to get to the finish line before he can catch them. Right, right. You no, know, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It's the Vince Lombardi thing. When you throw the ball, three things can happen, two are bad. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you're in the back of the pack, most bad things are going Correct, to happen to you. So. Yeah. yeah. In this case, with you know 11 other horses, 11 bad things can happen. To right. You, you right. just need one to block your path, and then you know, then your, your race can be ruined right there. Yes, it's, it's get first class from Tampa Bay to Arcadia, California for the San Felipe Stakes, which is also a mile and a 16th on the uh, San, Santa Anita, the world's most beautiful track. Have you ever been there or seen it? No, no, I never have. Yeah, look at some pictures online. It really is a nice track. You have the San Gabriel Mountains right behind the track, palm trees. It really is a beautiful track in Arcadia, California. If you're a horse player that really likes horses and uh, you want to go to a place, uh, destiny place, this is one that you should put on your on your uh, itinerary because you'll definitely be thankful that you went there if you're a horse player and you like to, to go to the track. It's really a nice, nice track. Oh, okay. And last year, um, this tra- race actually got canceled because of the whole issue they had with the horses dying out there, if you oh, remember right. that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was really big on the news, and it might have actually impacted uh, some of the horses that were trying to contend for the Derby last year because they were training the peak at this point for the San Gabriel race, the uh, I mean the San Felipe race uh, at Santa Anita, and when it got canceled, you know they had to rework their plans, and the horses might not have been at peak form uh, when they went to uh, travel all across the country, like oh, Arkansas and, and yeah. other places. So yeah, it was uh, definitely a you know, a big twist in the road to the Kentucky Derby last year. Yeah, man. Now, one of the horses here is... I'm sorry, Rich, uh, which which, the, uh, which race number are we looking at uh, over here? Oh, I'm sorry. R- R- race 8 at Santa Anita. Okay. All right. So, oh, I like this. It's only seven was, deep. I like this. Yeah. So this, this, this should really, from... Unfortunately, unlike the first two races where we have some shots that we think uh, could upset and find their way into the Derby. Really, I think this is a two-horse race. And those two horses are the four-horse authentic and the five-horse thousand words. The thousand words actually has some points already. And if he were to finish second, he would probably qualify for the Derby. But he doesn't need to win in all likelihood to run uh, for the Roses. Authentic, on the other hand, uh, he's got to get some points as well. So he'll probably – he's the favorite of the two. You can flip a coin, probably which one's going to win. One's four to five, one's nine to five. I'm leaning a little bit towards Thousand Words simply because he came off the bench and he ran on February 1st, whereas Authentic hasn't run since January 4th. So this is his first race since then. And so sometimes horses come off the bench – and they're not quite as sharp as they will be in their second or third race. And in this case, a thousand words is making a second starter. And uh, last mile debut, and then in the second race, he improved. So I would expect him to follow that same pattern. And certainly Bob Baffert um, is, you know, one of the top trainers in the country. He's got both of these horses. What's that? He said, yeah, he's got both of them. I see that, yeah. So I'm leaning towards thousand words and think it should be a two horse race. Um, if it's not a two horse race, storm the court, the six horse at five to one. Uh, he came at the breeders cup juvenile race, which is a great one against some of the bigger races, the bigger um, young horses last year, the two year olds uh, at, uh, was at Santa Anita. And as a, we would expect, and it was at this distance of a mile and the 16th, he pulled off a big shocker at 45 or 46 to one almost. So it's a horse that could pull off the upset. He's certainly shown that he can beat top quality horses before. And then finally, the fourth selection we like in here is uh, Honor AP, who hasn't run since October, but he did tie for the highest last race speed figure. Uh, again, if he had a race under his belt, we'd probably rank him higher and say that he could compete with a uh, thousand words and authentic. Uh, but I would really focus on those two horses. Slightest, slightest, slightest lean towards thousand words simply because he made a, a start already. So that's uh, the three big races for Saturday, which should, like I said, help form the field for the 2020 Kentucky Derby. And uh, folks can start marking down some of the names of the horses that they like. And if they're ready to the pool of the pool is open and 
and there are some good quality horses that are in there. Like Authentic, for example, is 12 to 1 right now. If he wins and blows away a thousand words in the uh, San Felipe, he'll, he'll drop from 12 to 1 for sure and become one of the top, top favorites going into the Derby. So that pool's available for people to wager in, and if there's something to really like, I'd encourage you to do it now because you're definitely not going to get these kind of odds uh, come Derby day. No, no doubt. All right. Rich, again, I appreciate the hell out of you coming on here. Uh, I appreciate that your cell phone's working as hard as it can, as it can <laughs> to maintain the connection. I, I have to get something other than Sprint. My kids are always telling me, Sprint sucks, Daddy. Sprint sucks. <laughs> so they're not a sponsor of yours. <laughs> no, 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 no. And as always, everybody, you know, you need to go over to Guaranteed Tip Sheet. That's where Rich hangs out all the time. That's where they're doing picks every day, every track, right? Every day, every track, top six picks. Um, and, you know, we're having a pretty solid week, so it seems like uh, our our methodologies are hitting on all cylinders right now, too. So hopefully we have another big weekend and uh, another big weekend of winners. And if somebody wanted to come in and buy, just if somebody wanted to come in and just buy the weekend, they can do that, right? You're not making them sign up long-term. We, no, you can. We do it daily, or okay. we also have long-term. So, yeah, okay. I think it's yeah. $15 a day for all tracks. That's a great investment. And, of course, the name is Guaranteed Tip Sheet. So if for whatever reason you're not happy, uh, we do return your you know, refund money, no questions asked. But that's really not a, you know, it's really more of a sign of how confident we are in yeah. our picks than it is, uh, uh, you know, that we want to you know, tell you you don't have to worry because it's a warranty. I think our refund rate is well under 1%. So wow. it's very small. Very cool. All right, Rich, anything else we need to know before we take off? And that's it, Arch. Just uh, been watching your picks from the NBA. Good night last night, and hopefully you uh, knock it out of the park for your folks again today. You too, man. I hear you're doing all right as well. And every now and then, you know, the ball bounces your way. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's hope the horseshoe bounces our way. Yeah, they will indeed this weekend. I have a good feeling about these races. Uh, I, I, it, to me, a lot of it jumped off the page. Nice. All right, Rich. Thanks, man. Thanks, Arch. Have a great Sunday and Saturday. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.